Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, my name is Promise, and you're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us, but before we get into the Word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us everything that we need, Lord, and just providing us with your Word, Lord, and just showing us things to come, Lord, and giving us everything that you have for us, Lord, and not leaving it where we need to find some other source to satisfy us, Lord, and that you're more than enough, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome. We're glad to have you with us as we continue to study the book of Acts. We're in chapter 19, and we are continuing our discussion covering verses 21 through 41. So I just want to encourage you at this time, if you're just joining us or haven't yet had the opportunity to review or refresh your, your spirit, soul, and body on those scriptures, that you just take the time to pause the episode and do that now, just to aid in following along with the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Now, before we, I'll say, get into this, I want to to turn to you there, honey, honey, before the floor is open, to remind the listeners of what we were discussing in the previous episode, um, what the Lord reveals to you concerning Paul, concerning, um, well, what we were discussing at the end, so then we can pick it up from there. Okay, sure. Um, I was I was commenting and saying as I was looking at this, I wonder if this is where Paul started to go, hmm. This is more than a coincidence that every time I go somewhere to preach the gospel, the same thing keeps happening. And Second um, Corinthians chapter 12 references uh, the thorn in the flesh. And it says um, in verse 7, I'll just read that again for us, verse 7 through 10. It says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, when I am weak, then I am strong. And and while he's traveling and having all this, this trouble, you know, he's realizing that this is a thorn in the flesh, but also when we look at the book of Ephesians chapter six, this is where we hear Paul teaching about the armor of God and the revelation and realization that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood and principalities. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood or people, but we're wrestling against spiritual forces in wicked places at various stages that are trying to um, work against us. And because of that, 
we need to take up the whole armor of God and, and what those weapons are, what the armor of God is and how to use it is listed here in Ephesians chapter six. Well, he's in Ephesians. Ephesus. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm sorry. Ephesus. Yeah. He's in Ephesus. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in Ephesians. He's in Ephesus. Um, talking about this. And so when we look back at 2 Corinthians 12, the Lord says something to him, my grace is sufficient, as in Mm -hmm. the power of God is sufficient to deal with this. Once you get on the right page, um, for is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So when you put down your own self-defense, when you put down trying to save your own life, now you have opportunity for the power of God to come in on your behalf. But as long as you remain at the helm, right? The Lord said, if you seek to save your own life, you're going to lose it because you're fighting a losing battle without him. But if you lay down your life for him and you take up what the strength that he provides, you take up what the wisdom and the counsel that the Holy Spirit provides and you walk in that, then you're assured to have victory. Um, So when, just as we were closing out, you know, Layla was talking about who our God is and that uh, Paul didn't chicken out. But I want to add to that, he found out how to win. He found out what was happening and he began to see things, not as a Jew, not as a Jewish man or a messianic Jew, not from the law of Moses, not from just getting saved, but he went to another level of beginning to see things as God sees them, see them from the throne that were seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, not instead of, but with Christ Jesus. So he figured out how to win by transitioning from natural fighting, from natural concerns and natural appearances of strength, right? And boasting or um, personal vindication to coming into the spiritual realm where he could wield these weapons like a master and bring to nothing, the Lord do through him, bringing to nothing in the spiritual arena, the plans of the wicked one. Amen. So. So thank you, honey, honey. You're welcome. And with that, the floor is open for the Holy Spirit to share what he's been speaking, or for you to share what the Holy Spirit has been speaking and ministering to you, and to ask any questions that you have. Mm-hmm. Layla, I think you had something. Go ahead. Oh, yes. So at the end of the the last podcast that we had done, I was mentioning that the, that the Lord wasn't a coward and neither was Paul. And the Lord reminded me of that as an encouragement, because today in I'll say in America where I am, there seems there's a lot of persecution in the church and there are lots of people backing down and off the promise and the word of God because they say it's too much. It's too hard. There's too many of them as in, you know, the people in, in the world, satanic forces, if you just boil it down to the core, there's there's too much and I can't do this. And it, it reminds me again of the um, parable of the sower. And there was the some that fell on the stony ground. They had root, but it was shallow. So that when the sun came up, when persecution arose, they withered and fell away because they weren't firmly rooted and grounded in, in Jesus Christ. And we see Paul talk about this too in Ephesians, being rooted and grounded in the love of Christ so that nobody can move you off of your base, off of your foundation, because you know and you're confident in who your God is. He's your savior your provider, your defense, your strong tower, the list is inexhaustive of what he is. All the good things that you can think of, that's what God is to you. And as as we go about um, 
our walk with the Lord where he, I wouldn't say that he needs us to fight for him as in the sense that he's too weak to do it himself, but he has made a place for each of us to take part and fight and wage the good warfare of faith as Paul calls it and Mm -hmm. other ministers of the gospel. That's what our job is. And we can't do that if we're hiding in a closet as pastor George likes to call it and pastor Terry or sniveling in a, in a corner and, afraid to own up and face the adversary and look him in his face and kick his rump because Jesus already did it for us. All we've got to do is walk in that and stand firm. So it was just encouraging to see that Paul going and experiencing the same things that Jesus was going through since the, the crucifying as to be, you know, propitiation for sin part that he didn't back down either. What would have happened if Paul had given up because he had been chased from one city to the next. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, Lord, this is too much. You find yourself another dude, another guy to do this. We wouldn't have <laughs> the scriptures that we have today, the encouragement. We wouldn't have the revelation by Paul to wage the warfare according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. Mm-hmm. And what if he had um, chosen... Um, you know, not to quit, but what if he didn't come up and start to see things from the heavenly perspective? If What if he had remained to just continue to see things according to the, na- the natural or misread what was happening and said, God, you must not have called me because look at all this controversy that's coming up on account of me. Look at all this, you know, it's different. It's one thing when someone sets out to call strife and controversy and I'm going to call you out in public or, you know what I mean? Like, so one thing when someone does that, I'm going to go burn down all the temples. That That's one thing. But when someone isn't looking for it and it arises, I mean, he could have totally read that a different way and said, you must, I must have missed it, Lord, because it, I, there should be peace around me. You gave David peace on every side when, when he was doing what he was supposed to do. But because he looked at it from heavenly places, being seated with Christ Jesus, and he listened to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He was able to, as you say, um, said, persevere. Lately, you had something you wanted to say, honey? But even when you mentioned David and he had peace all around before that, he was fighting wars. He had to go out and face the Philistines and the enemies and conquer the armies. He had to do work, not, oh, Lord, I'm king now. You already moved Saul off know, my throne. But, yeah, but what if he thought, well, I did work. I, you know, I, I had the scales come out of my eyes. I went out in the desert with you. Lord, I preached the word, went to the desert. Nobody was beating him up in the desert. But now, I mean, they can't get a pitchfork out of their hands. You know, they, they come with their ready-made riots. So he know. said, I've, I've done enough. I can retire and well, be at peace. No, I mean, he could have just looked at it and said, this must, this can't be right. There's more persecution versus more peace. Well, I do know this about our Lord. Uh-huh. That if Paul, well, I mean, we can say this definitively. If Paul had have stopped, that the Lord would have raised up salvation and the game plan or revealed that mm-hmm. by another. Because the Lord always, that's, that's even, look at Esther. Who knows if for this very reason the Lord raised you up. Mm-hmm. But then Mordecai says what? If you refuse to go, who if knows if the Lord silent. will. Salvation mm-hmm. will come by another means. Mm-hmm. Now, salvation already came through Christ. Right, but, but he'll use someone else. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And what is Paul? Paul is literally just operating out of Christ's playbook, which, wait, guess what? We should be doing the exact same thing. Amen to that. And what, what's the playbook? You brought up Ephesians 6, right? 
here's all this armor. Here's who the enemy is, right? And in case this is this is the the briefing, mm-hmm. right? So you can go operate. Here's here's what you've been given. Here's who the enemy is. These are this is all the weapons you have. This is what they do. And then in verse 18, he really picks it up and says, "Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication <laughs> for all the saints." And then uh, I love how he continues. And then he's saying, hey, pray for me that my utterance may be given to me, or that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So there's an acknowledgement there, right? Mm -hmm. He's saying, hey, these are the weapons. The, The biggest one we have is prayer. What, what is that? That's how we communicate with our Heavenly Father. That's a, a talk. That's just, literally just discussion where it's an opportunity now for us to also listen. You know, we share you know, our, our experiences and things we're going through, and our Heavenly Father already knows all those things and knows what we have need of. And we can also listen and get His thoughts and His ways and what we should say and do how we should say it, when we should say it and do it according to him through Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's the other aspect, and especially in verse 19 and 20, that's why he's asking for prayer. The destiny track is not guaranteed. He's acknowledging this. So he's saying, hey, pray for me, right, that I still continue in this as I ought to, that I don't, as we were saying earlier, uh, discussing earlier, that I don't shirk back my responsibility and my my desire, right? Reasonable service of worship, as mm-hmm. Paul phrases it mm-hmm. in other places, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So that he continues in the faith, same as they saw him here in Acts, right? Boldly declaring, but also remaining humble, remaining meek, exhibiting the exact same things that Jesus instructed his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitudes, knowing, being fully confident in the Lord and in his grace and the grace that's bestowed on him and receiving that in faith and, and putting his faith into action, but also not thinking too highly of himself, right? Being, I'll say, perfected in Christ. Right? That's how we all should be moving forward on the destiny track the Lord has for us. It's not guaranteed, but it's only not guaranteed because we have to, I'll say, completely submit to the Lord. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So if we leave these little areas in our lives, I'll say unguarded or unrestrained, unbuffeted, then it gives the enemy a foothold that weakens our defenses. Our defense is the Lord. Right? Yes. yes. What did what did Satan say concerning Job? You have a hedge of protection about him on every side. Right? In other words, I cannot get to him. Okay. How, now he said that concerning Job, but you see the same thing here with Paul. Now, yes, the enemy's trying to wreak havoc, but where's the havoc really being wreaked, reaped and wreaked in? Oh, the adversary's taking all the all the damage in this. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's already said that the reputation in this, right, is he, that 
Paul has already been used in places all over Asia, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Throughout almost all Asia. This is in the world. <laughs> you know, okay. and when it was in verse 27 referencing the Diana. So like this is this is a worldwide thing, you know, that they were mm-hmm. trying to stop this one one little seed, this one little man yep. preaching the gospel. And, and the Lord sent him, I'll say, helpers, other laborers oh, yeah, in the absolutely. ministry to help build up and encourage and that he was discipling, that Paul was discipling and building up, so that even when he was done and completed the work and had run the race and finished in excellence that the Lord gave him to do, that they could carry on and continue the work as the Lord was leading them, just as they had been taught and just as Christ had taught his disciples. So the little one little seed was producing more seeds. So those fruit. seeds could be more little seeds planted and producing more seeds of their own. That's what that's the point of fruit. Is sure it's tasty and edible, but the goal of it is to reproduce seed. So they continue to expand and it won't die out. It'll but it'll continue to populate the earth. That's the whole point of the seed. And it doesn't you know, like we'll take an apple. It doesn't just produce another apple. Right? Yes, there is the it produces fruit in kind. Right? But as Jesus said, some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. Mm-hmm. An apple, right, you, produces what? Produce a whole an grove. orchard, not just a tree, but an orchard. One apple, the amount of seeds contained in one apple has enough power and strength in it to create an orchard. And then each one of those apples, right, the seed is the so, seed is the so purpose. So multiplication, it just keeps multiplying. Mm-hmm. Well, we have to allow, we have to do what the Lord's calling and asking us to do. For ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And by for ourselves, I mean braining ourselves in and sub- submitting entirely to the Lord and His will. Mm-hmm. And we can't do that unless we're in constant contact and communion, fellowship with Him. And that happens first and foremost through prayer and putting our faith in Him. Amen. And, you know, just looking at, we were talking about the seed component. The fruit does matter, like the flesh of the fruit does matter because it provides food for those around, but the, the harvest, and that's the multiplied grace of God, the manifold wisdom to get out of there both. But remember that the Lord is working his purpose and we are his seeds in the earth and we are sowing the word out of what he's pouring into us so that others are blessed. And something that I just, is ministering to me as well is that as, as much as Paul ministered, as, and I'll say important he was to the, the ministry of the gospel, you don't see him with the crowd that Peter had, per se. He only right. had a couple of people around him at a time that would work in the ministry with him. Mm-hmm. It was only a handful at a time, and then sometimes they would be sent around, but it wasn't huge, huge followings following him around. Um, go ahead, LeCharles. Um, also, with it, we see that with Paul, he had to be willing to take the route that the Lord provided. He didn't try to force his own way saying, mm-hmm. oh no, Lord, that's that's too submissive for me. I'm going to just barge in and Amen. you deal with it. But he had to take the grace as it was supplied in the way the Lord had for him. And that mm-hmm. shows his own obedience. Amen. So the grace of God is what it is. It's not what you want it to be. It is what it is. And his power is what it is, not what you think it should be. It's, it is what it is. However he said it or whatever he calls it. Go ahead, Promise. And with that, the Lord reminded me of Hebrews um, 2. I'm not going to quote it. But it talks about how that through death, um, that that because he died, he defeated the one who had the power of death. Amen. And 
it's and that Paul had to realize that the devil has no power over him and not that the Lord's intentionally trying to harm him, but it's the way that the Lord wanted him to go and that everything that is in line with the Lord's word and the path that the Lord has for them is has for him is ultimately good glorify God. Mm-hmm. And that at the end of it, there's always going to be a good reward. Amen. Amen. You mm. know, the Lord is worth every bit of our sacrifice to whatever end. He is worth it. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. And can I get a volunteer to close and close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you that you've given us your grace, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you've given us grace in multiple forms, Lord, and that you allow us to partake in each. Lord, we also just thank you that you are in control of every situation, Lord, and that you have your perfect will plain, Lord, and that we can come and walk in that. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.